Bet Resource Radio is sponsored by La Mega KC, Kansas City Spanish radio station. Listen online or at 100.5 FM. We're also sponsored by our friends at 1KC Radio. Listen at 100.1 in the KC Metro or online at 1kcradio.org. So, you're going to the dog park. What are some do's and don'ts you need to know before heading out? We're talking with David Hensley of Bar K Dog Bar about dog park etiquette coming up on Pet Resource Radio. From the Pet Resource Center of Kansas City, I'm Sierra Howe. And I'm Dave Shapiro. Yes, indeed. Welcome to the program. We're coming to you from our Fortress of Solitude, our Bat Cave, our Pet Resource Center of Kansas City. We're a nonprofit looking to keep pets and people together through supportive services. Sierra, how are you? Good. And it's, can you believe it's November? I can't actually. I have a I bunch of- I almost said happy Halloween, but that was totally yesterday. <laughs> it was yesterday. So. That's over. But how are you? I'm um, doing okay. You know, you wouldn't know that it's not Halloween by the amount of uh, candy that's sitting around um, in the break room. Have you not seen that yet? <laughs> There's a bunch. Well, oh, I'm going to have to go dig in there on my- I lunch break. You know I'm going to go up there like four <laughs> like times moment, a day. So, the moment that we're out Anyways, of here. brush your teeth, people. Yeah, we don't important. want them to fall out. And brush your pet's teeth while you're at it. Uh, tell you what, why don't we go do some pet news? All righty. know that petting dogs can relieve stress. Now researchers in Switzerland have conducted an experiment that shows that petting dogs engages our prefrontal cortex, which helps regulate and process social and emotional interactions. They had 19 men and women view a dog, recline with the same dog against their legs, and pet the dog. They also did this with a stuffed toy lion that was filled with a water bottle that mimicked the weight and temperature of the real dog. What they found was that while the stuffed lion did also increase prefrontal cortex activity, it did not continue in subsequent interactions with the stuffed lion, whereas it actually increased with the real dog, which indicates that the dog might be activating a response related to social bonding. Of course. I feel like we knew that, but it's neat to see the back end of it and how they found that out. Well, because it's easy to be like, oh, yeah, sure. You could just put a hot water bottle there and it would be fine as long as you have something to pet. It's the motion of doing it. It's Mm -hmm. like, no, this is a real actual social bond. I wonder how this would be different if it would be different if they did dog and cat. Yeah, I would be curious to see how that goes to you. Battle of the pets. Mm -hmm, Exactly. All righty, but there's a new app that's allowing users to rent out their backyards to pet parents, and folks are calling it the Airbnb for dogs. David Adams, the creator of SniffSpot, has a background in startups and launched the app in 2018 because he lived 45 minutes away from the closest dog park and he wished there was an easier way to find a safe alternative for his pup Soba to run, so he brought it to life. The app has been gaining popularity on the Northwest Coast and has been getting positive feedback specifically from big city residents and owners of anxious or reactive dogs. These are owners who, like David, either can't or are more hesitant to take their dogs to public spaces, which creates a lot of missed opportunities for physical and social enrichment. So the backyard rentals make for an easy alternative for pets to have fun. Lastly, how much does it cost? The average price by the hour is anywhere between $9 and $15. So that's, not bad. I think it's not bad, and that's a pretty. I like that, honestly. Mm-hmm. And it they did mention in the article too that it's an easy way for other folks, the users, to make a decent chunk of money, right? 
And so, like I mean, if, if the they space. don't have pets, if they have pets, they can like arrange for other pets to mm-hmm. to come and stop by. But yeah, I thought this was pretty neat. Yeah, I would like to see something like that going on around here for sure. But pick up your dog's poop, of course. Yes. But we're about to talk about doggy park etiquette. So they kind of go hand in hand. Yeah, yeah. So well, why don't we go talk to David Hensley? Sounds good. Even if it doesn't seem like it, taking your pet to the dog park is a big deal, especially if it's their first time. That's why we got our good friend and co-founder of Bar K, David Hensley, on the show today to talk about basic doggy park etiquette so that we can set you and your pet up to have a safe and good time. David, welcome to Pet Resource Radio. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm really excited about this one because I think, honestly, it was two years ago when I had your counterpart, Labe, on the podcast, and we just talked yeah. about Barkay in general. So why don't you introduce yourself and let everyone know what it, exactly it is that you do at Barkay? Yeah, so uh, my name is Dave Hensley. I'm uh, co-founder of Barkay. Obviously, you mentioned my uh, business partner and other founder, uh, Labe Dodell, who's been on here as well. And uh, yeah, I'm... Uh, you know, obviously involved and one of the owners of Bar K. So I'm there often at one of our locations. We have locations in Kansas City, St. Louis, and we're building in Oklahoma City as well. Uh, Bar K is, uh, of course, a dog park, a destination dog park, bar, event space. Uh, you know, really uh, the purpose is to bring together dogs, dog people uh, in a joyous uh, space. Yeah, and I'm really excited, too, because today we're going to be talking about doggy park etiquette, which I think is going to be an awesome resource for everyone in the community, because if you're a first-time goer, you're, you may be not be quite sure of um, what to expect when you arrive or the kind of things you need. So let's start Great. off um, with the basics. What kind of things should owners do before taking their dog to the dog park? You know, I think the first is to really understand their dog. Um, you know, that's understanding your dog's behavior around other dogs to understand what kind of breed of dog you have. Um, that really helps as well because that may influence the type of behavior that your dog is most likely to exhibit. Um, you know, I think one of the things I see often with new dog owners, uh, those dogs owners who may uh, not understand how, for example, a herding dog's natural play behavior uh, would differ from, you know, maybe a, a hound dog. Uh, you know, those things are important because it helps you, understand why your dog might play a certain way. It also helps you communicate to other dog owners um, to basically say that certain play behaviors are very natural. Uh, Herding dogs, for example, may chase other dogs and try to herd them. Well, that's natural, but other dog owners might not understand that. And your ability to understand your dog um, is is very helpful uh, in the first place. You know, you also need to know what are the rules for the dog parks, what's general etiquette for dog parks um, in general. Um, I think those are very important things to know as well. And then, you know, what what's the history of the dog park? Like, how's it set up? I think it's important to know. For example, you know, if you go out to Shawnee Mission Dog Park, which is a fantastic park, it's one of the best in the whole city. Uh, but what some dog owners may not realize is once you're in the park, uh, there's not fence that goes around the entire Shawnee Mission Dog Park. I did not uh, there's know areas, either, actually. Yeah, so there's areas where you're on the trails and, you know, your dog could go down by the waterfronts and, you know, and then take off. And I've had people that have mentioned that that has happened with their dogs before. So, you know, and it's just such a big area, it would be hard for them to completely fence the, uh, you know, entire area, especially down by the waterfront. Uh, 
But those things are important to know. You know, what are the security measures? You know, at Bar K, uh, it's really nice for people to know that we have dog tenders there and that our uh, fences are six foot tall, you know, whereas in a lot of dog parks, they're um, shorter fences. So if you have a, a dog that tends to jump or leap or bound, uh, you know, what are the chances they could get over a four or five foot fence? Mm-hmm. They're probably pretty decent. And then um, do most dog parks have fees or rules, requirements, those sorts of things? Uh, most dog parks will have rules and they'll be posted at the entry. Uh, you know, those are things like pick up after your dog and you can't leave your dog and dogs need to be of a certain age. You know, it's those almost like of- taking your kid to the park. You would want to do the same for your kid as you would for your dog. Yeah. And, and you know, the dog is really, for a lot of people, it's their kid. It's a family member. And we yeah. always like to say that the dog, when, you know, when I was a kid, the dogs you know, a lot of, spent a lot of time in the backyard. And nowadays they spend tons of time in the bedroom where they sleep in bed with people. So we always like to mm-hmm. say dogs have really moved to a full-fledged family member. Um, right. And so you're right. Taking your dog to the dog park is like taking your kids to the pool or something. There's rules um, that are intended for their safety. Uh, and for the safety of other dogs. Um, in addition, there's rules to help maintain the dog park. Uh, most dog parks don't have people there every single day watching over the play and maintaining the dog park like we do at Barquet. So it's important that visitors take care and respect the dog park and the rules um, that are that are posted. And do most dogs have to be up to date on vaccinations in order to go to dog parks? Well, that's those are the rules. At most dog parks, but there's nobody to enforce at a public dog park. There's really nobody yeah. there to enforce those rules, right? Um, so, you know, there's a little bit of, of risk there that you don't know whether, you know, all the dogs are, are vaccinated or not. You know, at Barquet, um, all the dogs go through, and you know, an entry uh, area. And so no dog comes into Barquet without passing through multiple areas. Um, we do require our dogs be current on vaccinations. So the basic vaccinations for like distemper uh, rabies, uh, Bordetella, those type of things. Um, and of course, people should know also, you know, vaccines aren't 100% with preventing things. If you get your dog out and socialize, just like bringing mm-hmm. your dog to, you know, to school, you might have gotten the flu vaccine, but that may not cover you against everything. And um, I think those are things that are important to know that if you're going to bring your dog to socialize, I mean, there's some, there's some risk with that, but the benefits way outweigh the risk. You know, the benefits of having a well-socialized dog who's happy and enjoying life and not stuck at home, I think uh, we all will agree is, is a huge benefit. Yeah. And then um, would you say, is there like an age minimum, like specifically for puppies who say only had one round of boosters and may not be completely protected against things like Parvo? Do you just right. en- encourage that they're fully vaccinated with the rabies vaccine before attending a dog park? Yeah, I, so, uh, you know, our rules at Bar-K are the dogs need to be at least 12 years of age, or sorry, 12 years, uh, 12 weeks of age. Um, and that's because they've got... would be pretty cool, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be cool. My dog's 12, uh, so he would really like that, although there wouldn't be a whole lot of uh, activity, or not right, as much. Right, they'd be, just be lounging around. <laughs> yeah, that's okay, though. Uh, but, yeah, we require the dogs are at least 12 weeks uh, of age, and that's based upon recommendations by uh, vet advisors, and the reason for that is that they're they're within their um, uh, their vaccination schedule. Now, a lot of dogs will not have received their rabies vaccine. Um, and by that time, they'll usually get it by 16 weeks. So, you know, if you would rather wait until 16 weeks to bring your dog, then they would probably be um, 
up to date on all of the, the vaccinations um, by that time. But we require 12 weeks. And, and the other piece, too, you mentioned puppies. But I would say, you know, puppies, you just need to be a little cautious um, in that not only for health reasons, but, you know, they don't have the socialization skills and they're also very small. So sometimes to have them at a really young age and really small puppies playing with the big dogs, um, you know, they don't know the social cues uh, to know what to do and what not to do. And uh, we require that dogs either be uh, over 25 pounds to be in the all dog park um, or over six months old. Um, it's either or. Gotcha. So, you know, that's our puppy requirements. They could be in the small dog park um, if they're under 25 pounds, but to be in the all dog park with the big dogs as a puppy, um, they need to be at least over 25 pounds or over six months of age. And then while you're at, or while people are at the park, what are some of the things you should do or maybe not bring to respect the park and also the other families, families visiting it? Yeah, that's such a great question. And you I'm know, sure there's a lot have, that falls under underneath that umbrella. Yeah, there are, but there's some basic things that you would, after you've been to dog parks a few times, you get it. But for new dog owners, you know, they're anxious to get their dog out and to socialize. And, and they're like, oh, dog park's great. I'm going to go there. I'm going to have my dog's birthday party. I'm going to bring birthday cake for and share it with all the dogs in the park. Uh, you know, that's a no-no. And so food, bringing any type of food, whether it's food for you, food for your dogs, is is not um, should not be brought into a dog park. And that's because they, you know, dogs will treat those as high-value items. And if they treat them as high-value items, then, you know, there could be competition for those items. And that could cause conflict between the dogs. You know, you drop a piece of cake on the ground, two dogs go after it at the same time. You know, you could have um, some challenges there. That's how and then I am when I eat cake. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. Um, yeah, not that different from humans, right? Exactly. So I think the other piece is toys. You know, you really shouldn't bring toys into the dog park. Again, they can be seen as high-value items from the dogs. Um, you know, people bring balls in the park, and I think that's a pretty common toy that most dogs are used to. But even some dogs have, you know, challenges protecting mm-hmm. uh, balls from other dogs. So you really need to be cautious about what toys you bring into the dog park um, as well. And then you touched briefly on this earlier, but I want to kind of dive more into personality. So what are some signs that your pet may not be ready to go to the dog park? Uh, I would say, you know, how does the dog react around other dogs? I mean, if you've had a dog that has had altercations with other dogs, then, you know, that's a definitely a warning sign. Um, now, there are certain levels that are of uh, what's called leash reactivity. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's actually more common than you think. And that doesn't necessarily correlate to a dog being aggressive. Uh, sometimes that correlates to the owner and how they're managing the dog, right? You're pulling on the leash, you're creating tension. The dog thinks, you know, you're pulling them the other way. So they think you're doing it for mm-hmm. a reason. And, uh, you know, those create challenges. So I wouldn't always say leash reactivity, but, you know, if your dog really seems to have trouble getting along with other dogs, um, you know, that's. I think, a sign that maybe the dog park's um, not the best place. And I would, you know, try to see, uh, you know, seek out a trainer and have a professional evaluate. You know, the last thing you want to have happen is you're you're not sure about your dog's behavior. Um, you're seeing signs that make you a little nervous. And then you decide you want to test them out at the dog park. The dog parks are not for testing out uh, your dog's behavior. Uh, you should 
go in feeling pretty comfortable that your dog interacts and is well socialized um, before going to the dog park, mainly because you put other, you could put other dogs and even your own dog at risk. It could be your dog that, you know, says snaps at another dog and that dog ends up hurting your dog as a defense mechanism. So, yeah, you know, it just could be dangerous. That. Right. And then, um, I don't want to get too off track, but what would you recommend people do if, you know, they think that their dogs aren't quite ready for the dog park? I mean, they could obviously see like a dog trainer, but maybe like going on a walk on a leash in a public park? Yeah, I think there's some of that that could be helpful. Uh, But I think if there's really concerning behaviors, then you should seek out professional help. Uh, Just just to be on the safe side, but you can slowly, you know, and I think talking to trainers is probably more important for this particular question, you know, but I would probably recommend, you know, getting your dog socialized, you know, by getting them out, taking them on walks, you know, having them see other dogs, smell things, interact with things, um, interact with the environment. And once they're used to those things, then they don't become as these sort of shocks to the system. You know, I'll give you one example at Bar K, We've got a doggy jungle gym, and um, it's a fantastic feature that all the dogs love. We had a request from a guest who said, my dog is really feel fearful of taking metal stairs, and I'm wondering if you could put some metal stairs on here so dogs could get that experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so we added some metal stairs. Um, that way dogs could get some experience like being on metal stairs, and then they wouldn't be fearful because some dogs, it's the first time they touch metal stairs, I don't know if it's the sound or what it is, but it kind of freaked them out. Yeah. And then, so another big thing to pay close attention to while you're at the dog park is body language. So what are some signs of positive play since we kind of just touched base on signs that your pet isn't ready? Yeah, there's there's not one sign. Um, You know, our dog tenders are trained to look at at multiple signs. Uh, But in, in general, you know, we we sort of naturally recognize the signs of a happy dog, right? Like the tails, like at a neutral position or wagging, you know, the ears are, you know, are, are up and somewhat, you know, perky. I wouldn't say like super perky, but you know, that the dog looks in a pretty relaxed position. Um, you know, if your dog is very fearful, obviously you get the signs like the tail tucked. Basically it's like the whole body tucks, mm-hmm. you know, I have a shy um, and, and the- fearful shepherd at home and, I try not to be a helicopter parent or pet owner and introduce her slowly to new things, but definitely have to pick up on those signs to tell whether or not they're comfortable or maybe not so comfortable. Yeah, and I think dogs give some signs. I mean, you can look up on even online like some of these signs, you know, that are, are typical of a dog that is fearful or a dog that is, uh, you know, aroused uh, for another dog. Uh, those are things that I would recommend anybody do just a little bit of reading on or, uh, again, checking with trainers uh, to get that uh, information is always good because it will tell you um, in general, you know, is the dog in a good place, in a happy place, um, which should indicate whether or not this could be a good play session or not. And when I was doing research on doggy etiquette at dog parks for this interview specifically, I came across a really cool question or a neat question that I hadn't thought about before. And it's, is the dog park for every dog? Do you have any thoughts about that? That's a great question. And the answer is certainly no, the dog park is not for every dog. 
Um, you know, there are certain dogs that based upon, you know, could be based upon, you know, um, a history of abuse or a history of, um, you know, interactions, negative interactions with another type of dog. Um, you know, those things can be really tough to, you know, for a dog to overcome, even with, uh, even with training. So not every dog is made for the dog parks. You know, some dogs, you know, it's, they, it's good. They've got a human in their life to, you know, help them navigate through life and to take care of them. And that's a really important piece, but it doesn't necessarily mean that that dog should go to the dog park. Um, if a, if a dog's not in a good place and you bring them to a dog park, you're putting that dog in a, in a really bad situation that could uh, cause harm to another dog or, or harm to themselves. And uh, none of us want dogs to hurt in any way. Uh, so, you know, we just need to, you know, take caution on that and, and realize that, like you said, not every dog's made for mm -hmm. the dog park. Yeah. And there are lots of other ways that we can spend quality time with our pets you know, like we were talking about senior dogs, just lounging on the couch, watching your favorite Netflix show. Like they appreciate every little moment that they have with you. So yeah, and every every dog needs love, and that love can be shown in multiple ways. Exactly. You know, the love can be that I'm getting my dog out and taking him on a walk. I'm, you know, bringing home a, a gift for my dog. I'm giving them a hug or scratch behind their ears, or I'm taking them to a dog park. But um, it's not all of those are right for every dog. Exactly. Well, well, Dave, I want to thank you so much for being on Pet Resource Radio. A lot of us here at Pet Resource Center f frequent Bar K often. And the culture, the liveliness, it just brings all of the dog owners in Kansas City together. So thank you. And um, yeah. bef before we go, how can those listening get in contact with you if they're interested in checking out Bar K? Uh, so... Uh two things, you know, first, I just want to leave one last comment about dog parks. So, you know, they are the fastest growing parks in the United States. And I think everybody should just take a minute and be thankful that, uh, you know, the dogs have a different view from people than they did, you know, 20 or 30 years ago. We didn't have all these resources and all these places for our pets to go. So we're, we're in a really good time to live and, and there's a really bright future for dogs. A lot of people that, that care about dogs out there. So um, that's exciting for me. Um, for Bar K, if people want to learn more about Bar K, they can go to uh, com. It's like three words, barkdogbar.com. Uh, they can learn about uh, how to plan their visit. Uh, they can see our different locations. And uh, they can also follow us on any of the social media channels by uh, typing in at Bar K, or sorry, with our handle barkdogbar. Alrighty, you heard that, friends. Make sure to go check it out. And Dave, thank you again for being on Pet Resource Radio. We'll let you go, and I'm looking forward to the next time either you or Labor on the show to talk about a different topic. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, and I'll look forward to uh, seeing you all soon. Dr. Malia Washington. Yeah. Uh, I heard a thing today that if you've got a puppy that's not vaccinated, it's not really safe to put them on the ground in public places. Is that true? Very true. Yes. So imagine a newborn baby or a baby that's maybe three months starting to crawl. You don't really want to put that baby down on the ground or in a pet store or in a grocery store because germs, right? Puppies are the same way. We don't want to put them down on the ground until they're fully vaccinated. 
So even if my dog is, say, halfway through their boosters, I still shouldn't be risking it. Correct. We don't consider a puppy to be fully vaccinated until they have had three total boosters. And a booster is a vaccine that is given three to four weeks apart. Typically, those vaccines will start about six weeks of age. So... Maybe eight weeks kind of depends on when those puppies um, first come into our clinic. But typically, we're not fully vaccinating a dog until it's about 16 to maybe 20 weeks. So that's about four to five months. And some of those puppies get really big at four to five months old, and it's hard to carry them around. So the key is to start those booster series early, at least by six weeks, and be very cautious about where you're taking your puppy. So no dog parks. If you go to the pet store, put them in the shopping cart or just leave them at home. Try to socialize in environments that you know, um, like family members or your own home, so you're not taking that puppy into an environment that potentially has parvo or distemper in the soil. So then if you're at the vet with a puppy, what's the best way to handle them? Being at the vet with a puppy um, can be tricky, actually, because it's very busy. It's very noisy. It's very stressful. The puppies are probably very wiggly. So what I would recommend, it's very easy at Pet Resource Center because we have you stay in your car. But if you are able to check into your private practice or any other vet and leave your puppy in the car with the AC on or windows cracked in the fall when it's getting cooler, that would probably be the best way. And then you, when you have your appointment, you can just get the puppy out of the car, carry it straight into the exam room. Um, we obviously are very clean and we try to keep our clinics in top shape, but there's always a possibility with so much dog traffic that something is on the ground. So the key is really just do not put them on the ground. Don't let them sniff at things that are unfamiliar and be really cautious until they get three of those boosters. Awesome. Uh, you know, let's keep everybody safe. Thanks so much for your time. Doc. No problem. And now we say goodbye to you, friends. Big thanks again to David Hensley of Bar K Dog Bar for chatting with us. You can check out Bar K at barkdogbar.com. As for us, we're a nonprofit dedicated to keeping pets and people together, and you can help. Just go to prckc.org, and you can donate, volunteer, shop our online store, and more. And that online store has been updated with new t-shirt designs by yours truly, so check them out. If you're listening to us on your favorite podcasting app, please rate us and leave us a nice review. That always helps people find us. And for the latest information, follow us on Facebook and Twitter. We're at PRR Podcast on both platforms. So tail wags and purrs to you and yours. And as Albert Schweitzer said, there are two means of refuge from the misery of life, music and cats. Take care. Pet Resource Radio is a production of the Pet Resource Center of Kansas City. Produced, written, hosted by Sierra Howe and David Shapiro. Recorded, mixed, and mastered by Dave Shapiro. Music by Hazel Raw Musical Industries, a.k.a. me. More info at soundcloud.com slash Hazel Raw Musical Industries. Music.